Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins team up to take out Big E and Bobby Lashley to close Monday Night Raw. AJ Styles and Omos officially break up. What does this mean for both Omos and AJ Styles moving forward? Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch square off on the mic. And Bianca Belair ends up KODing Dewdrop to the crowd's delight. All this and much more on your full Monday Night Raw review right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on JudgeMe. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost's supplements All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalyBoost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to your Monday Night Raw review on this Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. About 10 days left. No, not about. Exactly 10 days left of the 2021 calendar year. And 2022 is just around the corner. And WWE, 
as I've continued to say in my opens of the show here for the last several several weeks, is they have not taken their foot off the gas, and I give WWE credit for that. Now, is that driven by the fact that they have a pay-per-view on January 1st and they just they can't just because of their own schedule? Yeah, <laughs> so there is that. But typically, with this being such a down week or down month in WWE land, this has been a nice surprise to actually feel like I'm being rewarded for watching on, in December. And what's great is, after December, we are into WrestleMania season. So if you can survive the dr- drudges of, of December then you have made it through the tough time of wrestling, cyclically anyway, and made it to WrestleMania season if you can get through the next 10 days. Because after that, it's focused on the Rumble, which of course is the road to WrestleMania. It's crazy how quickly that comes. And here we are. So welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here. If you want to support us, shameless plug as always, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. I know the ads, especially this time of year, are plentiful. But if you want to get rid of those ads for an extremely nominal fee of 99 cents for the entire month, head on over to Apple Podcasts and go to our page at the top. There's a, a just a button of ad free and you'll be able to get subscribed for 99 cents. That will be locked in no matter what happens with my uh, my increase in prices. If I decide to increase increase prices after the holidays, you stay locked in at 99 cents as well as our 12 month option of nine dollars and 99 cents with two months free you get your price locked in no matter what I do with the price after that. So uh, there's a bit of an incentive there as well as on uh, Patreon. On Patreon, it's a dollar with a bunch of other exclusive content and uh, or uh, ad-free content and Discord server and uh, shout outs and stuff. So one last plug, and it's not for my stuff. It's for our fellow co-hosts, other podcasts that they do. The first one is Zach Smith and his Random Wrestling Podcast. Go uh, give him some support. Just hit that subscribe button on Random Wrestling. And Michael Ritter, who does a uh, football function podcast. And there's no better time right now, really, than to have a a football podcast. We are closing out the regular season. And we are about to head into the, the wild card weekend, the championship weekend, and eventually the Super Bowl. So no better time to uh, subscribe to a great football podcast than Michael, our own Michael Ritter's uh, podcast that he does, which is great. I, I've listened to it many times. It's called Football Function. Go check it out. If you're a wrestling fan, more than likely you have some interest in, in other professional sports, likely football. Go give him some support there and hit that subscribe button for uh, Football Function. So, alrighty, let's talk Monday Night Raw that emanated from was it Milwaukee? I think was it Milwaukee. And we got, I think, a decent show. Again, all things considered, the time of year, I think we did. You know, some of the lines were hilarious. I mean, the overselling of some of the things, like when Adam Pierce called the tag team match at the main event of Raw, one of the most intriguing or one of the most epic or some kind of ridiculous statement that it was one of the most, you know, magical tag team matches that Raw, in the history of Raw, something just absolutely laughable. Uh, that, that, I mean, let's, let's dial it back, Adam. That, that's... You, you've, you've, you're joking, right? So besides, I mean, those kind of comments that kind of come in on a weekly basis, again, by and large, I thought Raw was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was, I'd say it exceeded expectations only because of the time of year. And uh, let, let's jump into it here. So we got a, I think, a, a decent 
open to the show. Bobby Lashley and MVP. Kind of weird, though, with, uh, you know, of course, Big E coming out. And uh, to just kind of, a, just again, Big E's reception is just, it's okay. It's the reception you would expect to get, even if he wasn't WWE champion. See, that's the thing with Big E. And I'm not going on to a rant about him. I'm going only by reaction right now, and that's the, what I'm focusing on. So those of you that are worried, I'm going to go on another Big E rant. That's not what I'm doing here. That Big E right now, the reaction he's getting, if you took the belt off of him and he was just on a, a solo run right now without a championship, he would be getting the same reaction, I think, than, he, than um, if he didn't have a belt. So I think that speaks to the lack of enthusiasm that fans have with him as champion, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, Big E's champion. I'm more excited that Big E's just kind of on his own and, and, and seemingly really on his own. You know, that that I think is what most fans are most excited about rather than him as champion because I don't feel like him as champion just it just feels so lethargic, doesn't it? Even if you're the biggest Big E fan, you can't deny the reaction he gets from audiences. They're not negative. They're just, they're just nice, right? Like they're okay. They're, they're what you'd expect for Big E and you'd want for Big E if he was on a solo run where he was journeying himself to the championship. That is the reaction that you'd expect. And right now, it's just, it feels like even if he didn't have the belt, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. That's a decent reaction. Decent. Not bad. And uh, so just wanted to point that out. I don't think there's any disputing that the fans don't seem to be elated over the top, over the moon that he's champion. And this is this is so great, which leads me to still believe that he is going to lose that belt at day one. Part of me is just simply because I want him to. And the other part is actual logic. When I take my own personal opinions out of it, it feels just like the right time to do it. And so anyway, Big E comes out and uh, we have Bobby Lashley just kind of sacrifice MVP, so to speak, kind of just just offer up MVP to Bobby Lashley or uh, to to Big E. That was kind of weird. I'm, I'm not a big fan of uh, Bobby Lashley splitting from MVP. I think they're a great pairing. There's no need for them to split. There's no need. And uh, I think that, that that was a little weird. I don't know if there's something being planted there. Backstage, they also had a weird interaction by his locker about, hey, can you just go get me some water and kind of dismissive. I don't need I don't need to tease this. There's no interest in people seeing MVP split from Bobby Lashley. It's not it's not a thing people are are dying to see, okay? It's not. People enjoy this, by and large. Even if he's a heel, he's, I think, an enjoyable heel, and MVP is a big part of that. Bobby's okay on the microphone, and over the last several weeks to months with MVP out with his injury, he learned to be able to find his voice on, in WWE and, and find out you know, what he can do without MVP there, and he's okay. He's okay. you know, And he, he could be, do just fine because what really sells for him is his look and in-ring. That's really what does it for him. You know, he's never going to make you lose your mind or blow your mind with an epic promo. That's just not who Bobby Lashley is. Hilariously, though, I got to give Big E this. I will give credit where credit's due. He mentioned the fact that Bobby Lashley has a lot of sisters. And then he gave a look to the crowd to see if he would get a reaction from the crowd. And the crowd, I think, were confused and maybe don't remember. <laughs> One of the worst things that WWE ever did, I remember it was um, Renee Young. Renee Paquette, obviously uh, Dean Ambrose's, John Moxley's wife, when she did a sit down with Bobby when they were trying to make him a baby face, 
a number of years ago and trying to do an introspective on his personal life. And he had this really bizarre story about his three sisters and the things he would do with his three sisters. And it it's infamous now in Bobby Lashley lore. And since then, it hasn't really been spoken of until Big E brought it up. And I got to, you know, I give him credit. I, I actually kind of chuckled at that. I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. Like, yeah, uh, I don't think the crowd generally understood what he was saying or reacted to it. You could hear some kind of ancillary reaction from some single people in the crowd. But uh, I don't think it caught like Biggie may have hoped. But Big, Biggie, listen, I'm not, I'm not your biggest character fan, fan of your character, but I got to give you props for that particular um, that particular statement. So we get a MVP being offered up by Bobby Lashley. Again, kind of weird, not on board with that. Uh, it was just, it didn't make sense, uh, f- at least for, for my estimation. All right, so uh, I'm back to the, to the task at hand here. Before Big E could get his hands on MVP, though, we had Rollins and Owens strike, and Big E and Lashley were able to fend off uh, their attackers, so to speak. But this would, as we have come to learn in WWE, what would this do? Set up a tag team match. It's as if the spirit of Teddy Long is within the WWE fabric at this point. I mean... You know, when you look at, I, I, this is where I know I'm recognizing I'm going off topic here, but when it comes up, I want to address it. You know, people complain about specific things here and there. I do too, um, no doubt. I'll be the first one to admit it, right? I mean, look at things a lot of times in a vacuum. Look at things just on its own. However, when there are patterns of issues in WWE that you could point to and say, hmm, yeah, that is one of the biggest reasons that uh, pro wrestling ratings are generally speaking down over the last 10 years. That is one of, one of the reasons why, you know, pro wrestling is perceived as boring or unpredictable or not, or, or very predictable. Now, you know, there are certain things that are microcosms of a larger issue. To me, this right here, where you have two guys come in to clear two other guys out and you know, a tag team match is coming. That to me, it's a it's a representation, a small representation of the larger issue of predictability in a pro wrestling environment that should actually feel the opposite, where I I should feel like anything could happen. I should feel that way. And Vince has always lived by that. That's not the case on Raw and has not been the case in a very long time. When is the last time you watched Raw or SmackDown? And we're just kind of on your on the edge of your seat where you actually felt that this, I mean, literally anything could happen. You don't know what's going to happen, who's going to come back, what could happen here, what kind of crazy thing. Doesn't everything just kind of have this overarching dark cloud of corporate control where you just know what, you know, what's going to set up what and when they're going to commercial break because someone gets thrown to the outside of the ring when there's an even number of individuals uh, facing each other or facing off or clearing the ring in this instance, you know a tag team match is coming, and then they act like it's you, you know uh, the the invention of the light bulb or the discovery of gravity you know, where when they put this tag uh, match together, you know when when anybody from elementary school up could probably realize, oh yeah, well, it makes sense to put them in a tag team match and they try to sell it as this revelation. I mean, things like that and, and like production where people stand sideways talking to each other. So the camera 
can get a good shot. Big E standing essentially with his back to the TV last week and many weeks before that, taking notes, whatever he was doing last week, and somehow watching the TV, but clearly doing it so the camera in front of him, which we're supposed to believe is not visible to him, or at least he doesn't acknowledge, is there. And clearly he's there for the camera in front of him when he's not supposed to acknowledge it. Things like that. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's a to me, it's one of the bigger things that is undermining the the enjoyability of a pro wrestling product right now. And and I know, look, some of you are going to give me on negative reviews. Oh, he digs too deep. He complains. Here's the thing. Number one, I don't care if you write a negative review. I just don't care. Uh, I, I, I find them entertaining. And if you think you're damaging my product, you're not. You know why? Because anytime you give a rating, good or bad, it helps the algorithm. So, yeah, go ahead. Fire off at me if you'd like. Um, but, uh, look, my point is there are foundational issues in pro wrestling that are a cancer in wrestling. These are some of those issues. And the symptoms of those large issues are the things I just mentioned. Oh, okay. Uh, we see two people fight two people off. They got, uh, you know, they got chased up the ramp. We know we're getting a tag team match. Oh, someone gets knocked to the outside of the ring. We're going to commercial break. You know, we we know these things. And you, you may say, ah, it, it, it's in and of itself. Yeah, okay, we know that. But it eats away at the enjoyability because we're watching a product that we should believe is unpredictable. We should be. It shouldn't feel so structured. And that's one of the issues, I think, with wrestling. So, all right, you negative reviewers, come at me. Come at me, bro. All right. So let's move on here. I'm, I'm, uh, all right. Let's see. What else we got? Uh, oh, Bianca Belair defeating Dewdrop via pinfall. We got the moment that I told you that the crowd would react to, and they reacted to it in a big way. And that's cool. I just didn't think it would come on a Raw, random Monday Night Raw. But what do I know? They're giving away championship matches left and right. There's no sanctity in the championship realm anymore where only uh, pay-per-views or where championship matches should be held. So Bianca Belair does hit the KOD on Dewdrop. Impressive. Fun moment. We knew it was coming. And the crowd reacted appropriately. I will say this. Bianca Belair has not been featured on the Hulu cut of Raw in many weeks. So Bianca Belair right now is on a uh, essentially a a hiatus from the main, uh, ma- the main event, and that's fine with me. I know many of you feel that she should be in the main event. Yeah, she should be, but why all the time? Number one, I think that starts to create a bit of a repetitive feel to the main event scene. Number two, you want to save the big matches like Bianca versus Becky part two or whatever it is for a- another time. Number three you want to feel like Bianca doesn't just live there and that she can have other programs outside of chasing the championship there. I mean, there, plus you get depth to the character. You, you get to have a bigger star work with a quote unquote, smaller star in Dewdrop to help elevate Dewdrop. There are so many benefits to having the, uh, a, a main event star, somebody that main evented WrestleMania and had the best match, I think on the card last year with Sasha Banks, having her take a step or two or three back. And just kind of live in the realm of personal issues for a while. It does the character a lot of good. It's like taking a break without taking a break. So I'm I'm fine with this. It was a fun moment, and uh, the fans got the fans had a massive reaction for Bianca. And credit to her, she's strong as hell. All right, Finn Balor defeats Austin Theory via pinfall after the coup de gras. 
I got to say, reading the words coup de gras, if I were to read them just plain in, in a very just literal way, here's how it would sound. This sounds ridiculous. Coupe de grace. <laughs> that's how, at least CBS Sports, I'm fairly sure that's actually the right way to spell it. So uh, let's see how, let's listen to how ridiculous this sounds. Finn Balor hit Austin Theory with a coupe de grace. And then later in the show, uh, Vince McMahon told Theory that he'd book him in a rematch after Theory attacked Balor backstage. Okay, let me let me just say this. Okay, uh, maybe there's, I'm going to call it the Coupe de Grace and and see how many people I can piss off or give secondhand embarrassment to. Um, <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon again and Austin Theory. Now, well, before I get there, number one. Can I will I will continue to say this every week until it it is just a reality. Vince McMahon needs to get the hell off TV. I don't need to see him backstage scribbling some nonsense on paper. I was trying to actually read what he was writing. It looked like just a bunch of letters. Uh, I was actually trying to read it to see if he was writing a word or just gibberish, and uh, I couldn't make it out. It, It almost looked like a word, but I don't know. Maybe somebody can go into that level of detail. But Vince McMahon backstage, why we're bringing Vince back for this makes no sense. Uh, But we have Austin Theory who loses to Finn Balor and then didn't want to go to Vince McMahon's office. Uh, And I was also surprised that Finn Balor beat Austin Theory. I would have put money on Austin Theory beating Finn Balor, given especially Finn's record as of late. And I'm not talking about beating T-Bar. Okay, I'm taking that out. That doesn't count. I mean, Finn Balor's, you know, Finn Balor's ghost should be able to beat T-Bar. So Austin Theory, to me, I was a shocking loss. But but there was some heat drawn on the back end with Austin Theory attacking Finn Balor backstage, then taking his selfie. So that match is again happening next week. But to me, Vince McMahon now, after Austin Theory was eventually uh, in Vince's office, he got the, the, the cubes to get in there. He sat with Vince and Vince was impressed that, uh, you know, he, you know, got his heat back. So to speak, he attacked Balor backstage and he got a selfie and Vince said, you know, but you lost the match and he threatened to fire him, but he gave him an opportunity next week with Finn Balor again. What did anyone even, can we get subtitles for Vince McMahon at this point? Can we just, I mean, seriously, can, can we just have subtitles for Vince? Because I, I can't hear match. You're fired. But I, you catch every third word. Can he enunciate? Can he open his mouth and use his lips? Instead of just sitting there in this kind of grumpy grandpa vibe. I mean, I'm not the clearest speaker in the world. And Vince never really has been either. Even in his prime, he always kind of had a raspiness to his voice. But he's in, unintelligible on the show. I, is anybody else experiencing this? I, I don't know. Uh, you know. So if Vince is going to be on my screen, can I at least understand what he's saying? I mean, he talks about an eraser. And the implication is that Vince can erase Austin Theory. Well, number one, why is he taking him under his wing to begin with? Why is losing to Finn Balor a potential fireable offense. Yeah. You know, what does that have to do with anything? And why is Austin theory taking this again? It, it, it's, it just, it's, 
feeds into the anything can happen, anything should happen mentality when everybody just bows at the altar of Vince McMahon. Whatever happened to the rebellious stars that say F you? I'm not saying Austin Theory should be Stone Cold Steve Austin just because he has Austin in his name. And may, maybe that's why Vince has taken a liking to him because he has the word Austin in his name. And maybe Vince subconsciously is likes the man because of that. I don't know. But I, I, there are so many levels to this that still make sense. Like, why is everyone just cowering? Like Sonya Deville and Bianca, or uh, uh, Naomi, where Naomi just has no snapping point. Bianca last year, you know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks had no snapping point. Uh, and we get now Austin Theory just just verbally or voluntarily sitting under this learning tree of Vince being verbally abused on a weekly basis. What? What, what is this? What was the point of this? And then you get Vince who's speaking like he's underwater. I don't know. I'm, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. And, and I, I like Austin Theory. I, I will say this. The quality of Finn Balor and Austin Theory, I could watch them in an Iron Man match. You know what you're going to get. And that's an excellent match. Excellent. It's nice. As, I was really glad that Finn Balor got the victory, though, because he needed it. Boy, did that feel like a big victory for Finn, didn't it? Wow. Beating Austin Theory, of all people. That felt like a big victory. So this continues next week, and apparently Austin Theory's job is on the line with no explanation as to why or how that works. But, God, Vince, get off my TV if you're going to sit there and mumble. Can he, Maybe Vince can learn sign language. Maybe that's what he can do. I would take sign language Vince over the mumbling, grumpy, grandpa, raspy voice that he can't enunciate for words anymore. Okay, let's move on. Rand Dominic defeat AJ Styles and Omos via pinfall when Rey Mysterio rolls up Styles. Omos refused to tag in during the match, leading to a brawl with Styles after the match. And after Omos dropped Styles, he, he said the next time they'd see each other would be in a match. Okay, so the inevitable happens. It happens a little faster than we thought. And however, we did get AJ Styles on um, Miz TV beforehand, who I got to cover that, though. AJ Styles was being prodded by Miz that, you know, there's a crack in the foundation and, you know, whatever. AJ Styles was trying to smooth it over, saying this happens. And he's, you know... He's everything's fine with Omos, but Miz said that he talked to Omos, who said he's tired of carrying Styles. And uh, Omos did not disagree, which, by the way, I should have said AJ and Omos were on Miz TV. Omos didn't disagree with what Miz just said, but the Mysterios interrupted ahead of their planned match. So Omos didn't get a chance to respond. They just get right to their match. And Again, the matchup was, I mean, there's nothing really much to say about the matchup. It's just kind of, it, it, was, it wasn't about the quality of the match or any of the storyline between the Mysterios and AJ and Omos. It had nothing to do with that. Dominic and Ray were simply just warm, sentient bodies out there to further a storyline. had nothing to do with them getting a big victory or nothing, right? I mean, it could, they might as well have been wrestling, you know, like an invisible team. I mean, the, who they were wrestling didn't matter. It was all about the split of AJ and Omos. And uh, here, here's what I'll say about that. I don't know who's the heel in the face. My guess is that it's AJ as the baby face and Omos as the heel because they tried to, the announcers tried to direct this, the narrative that Omos took out AJ. But 
and that and yet it's how how despicable he is. Well, yeah, look, Omos, I will say, was the one who kind of just brought it to that point of not being a participant in the tag team and ignoring AJ. But Omos was not the first one to strike. AJ was. Go back and watch. I'm, I'm not saying you specifically, like the pejorative, like just the collective you. I mean, especially announcers. No, AJ physically was the one to, to strike first. AJ, not Omas. Omas was checked out of the team. Yes, he was mentally done and he's a quote unquote tired of carrying AJ. Fine. But AJ was the one to strike first. So I don't want to hear from the the uh, the announcers of what a despicable human being Omas is laying out AJ Styles when he was essentially just acting in self-defense. <laughs> I mean, when you look at it that way. Uh, but, you know, I, I get the narrative, and that's why I'm tending to believe they're trying to position Omas as the heel here, especially given that it's called David Goliath situation. Uh, human psychology would tend to direct you in that way that with Omas being so towering and so dominant that AJ would be the underdog. So we get the split, and uh, here we go with the match. Omos and AJ Styles. I believe it's happening next week on Raw because nothing matters for pay-per-views anymore. And we're going to get that match. Of course, it'll be maybe a non-finish or whatever, and maybe it'll continue at day one. But we do get that matchup, and I expect AJ to lose, lose decisively, uh, lose brutally, and get sympathy on the AJ Styles character leading to another day one uh, matchup. That's my thought where maybe it's no holds barred or something. Because I don't think they're going to have a one and done. They need to have one or two matches and then move on from each other. So what does this mean? What does this mean for both of these guys? Well, I'm going to give you a bit of a cliffhanger here. I'll give you that answer, at least my opinion on it, after we give a little bit of love to our sponsor of the show here. And so stick around. We'll be right back. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks aficionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people 
reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boosts health guide at vitaliboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. So what does it mean for AJ Styles? Let's start there. What does this mean for AJ? Well, it means that what both of well, both of us, I think the majority of the listeners here wanted, and I did, is that he's out of a tag team. He's gone. This is over. The AJ Styles Omos experiment has ended. You could argue that maybe it ended a little too early. I don't think it was insanely early or, or damagingly early, but there there's an argument to be made there, but nonetheless, we're hitting the WrestleMania season. Maybe they just decided to pull it trigger and go AJ styles right now. What does it mean for him? It means he's in a singles role. Does he spend a little time in NXT? Yeah, he does. He does spend some time in NXT and uh, that's fine. If that's, if it's a kind of a pit stop and not a destination from what I understand, it may be just a pit stop. I made a TikTok video, which follow us by the way on TikTok at the WWE podcast, on TikTok, uh, I I think I jumped the gun because I hadn't watched Raw and or the announcement officially and saw that just it was AJ going to NXT, and I thought it was more of a kind of semi permanent kind of Finn Balor move, and it doesn't seem to be the case. So I hope AJ is not going to be relegated to NXT. I think him and NXT, while everybody would be focused on oh it's elevating new talent, it's elevating new talent, he can elevate new talent where he is right now. Okay, he can elevate new talent right where he is. Austin Theory is one of them. If they want to have him work with Austin Theory, that'd be fun. It's one of uh, a few examples. And also, AJ Styles, selfishly, he doesn't have a whole lot of days in front of him. So, to me, with more eyeballs on Raw than on NXT, while there would be some benefit to helping the, the newer stars, I don't think he's a needle mover, as Roman Reigns would say, or his shirt would say. AJ Styles just isn't a needle mover, but he's a big-time player. And I think that his services would be best utilized on the main roster in the championship picture and getting one more run in, in 2022 sometime with the WWE championship, maybe facing Seth Rollins down the line. It seems as if they're moving in that direction because they need another baby face. I mean, let's be honest. WWE needs another big time baby face and Big E just ain't cutting it. I don't think so, at least in the championship picture. So I think that's eventually what it means for AJ. Now, what does it mean for Omos? I think Omos is clearly headed for the main event. Now, are they splitting them off so that at the Royal Rumble, Omos can have some, you know, one of those like, oh my God moments with Brock Lesnar uh, or or maybe have an oh my God moment with, uh, I, I don't know, another, another big man. Can't think of another good example right now, but 
I think Omos in the Royal Rumble is going to make some noise. I know we're getting a, two pay-per-views ahead of ourselves, but I think uh, that's also going to be a fun thing is Omos in the Rumble and having him go face-to-face with some of the bigger guys that we haven't seen him go face-to-face with yet and see how the crowd reacts. And that's going to be fun. So I think that's another reason. Do I think he's going to main event WrestleMania this year? No. Okay. No, no, no. But it also leads to, I believe, a main event picture for Omos also early to mid next year in which he could contend but should not capture the WWE Championship. He still is a bit limited in the ring. I understand his size is a limiting factor, one that he can't control. But I do believe that there are still some work to do on his end where he needs to improve in the ring to a serviceable level where he could have a 15-minute match and not just make it all headbutts and no-selling stuff. So that, to me, is something that is coming for Omos. AJ and Omos will, I'm sure, cross paths again as I I kind of put them in the same picture, but also running parallel to one another after they get through this feud. So, all right. So that is that. Now, before we go any further, I do want to give somebody a a, a little bit of time here that I forgot about on my my, uh, Sunday night weekend review show. And that is uh, the crisis who sent in his uh, his list, and I, I really do want to get to this because his uh, his lists are also re- just I mean it's good stuff. So uh, let's get to his trash list right now, and uh, we'll react. What is a good? It is the Crisis Smackdowns. Uh, this is the official, unofficial WWE podcast Crisis Trash Bucket List number four, and we taking care of your Smackdown for the week. We gonna start off with the fire, and there was some. I gotta say good show overall in my opinion you know starting off though hey the fact that the show started off with welcome to monday night raw it's boss time that just because of the look on matt's face fire all right starting off monday night raw with an actual match period fire starting off with a match with four women in it fire sasha's spider-man gear absolutely fire and uh, her crossbody reverse into i don't know what you call it go back watch the match that move man hashtag mandalorian hashtag fire uh brock on smackdown and i don't care what he's doing what he's doing right now fire uh ridge holland actually being built i gotta say for nxt call-ups that do not get used correctly him being built i gotta say that's hashtag fire uh let's see what else oh pat mcafee <laughs> say Bill was worse than goodell um that right there that was fire roman's pop when he came out fire and uh goosebumps i I had goosebumps uh when Heyman said i'm not protecting brock from you i'm protecting you from brock the double f5 to roman the f5s on both the usos outside the whole final match Uh, not even a match the final segment period hashtag scorching fire all right lunchable breaks king's court done out man yo yo kuzmo throw me another lunchable viking raiders versus uh versus uh, uh mahal and and stanky yeah 
that complete lunchable break. And, uh, hey, Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, you guys went from being something I enjoyed, something I giggled at, to now the minute that you come on the screen, uh, absolute uh, lunchable break. Yeah. You know there's some there's some trash today, right? There's some trash. There's always some trash. And that's what I'm here to do is to take out the trash. Uh, Tony Storm's kicks. Uh, yo, girl, 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 girl. Uh, trash. Uh, let's see. Uh, McAfee actually distracting from the match with uh, his talks. He was saying some stuff about uh, Toby Keith and this and that. Oh, trash. Uh, Shinsuke and Bugs in the Kings t- uh, segment, period. Being in that group of wrestlers. Trash. Uh, let's see. What's uh, the Uso New Day segment? Uh, you know, it's it's we know that it's gonna be we know the matches, no matter what, are always good. But the segments that they have up to it, those aren't guaranteed. So the Usos and the New Day segment, trash. Uh, the whole sword in the stone BS. You tell me two grown ass professional wrestler athletes, world class athletes, whatever you want to call them, they couldn't pull a sword out of a out of a wooden table. Out of a wood table. Man, I uh, trash. Uh, the whole thing was a debacle. Trash. Uh, still, um, yo, hey, yo, yo. So, something that I, I can't understand. So, so when the show goes on the air, Paul Heyman is just chilling with the title. If you were, if you were a champion, wouldn't you take that title with you? I, I, I am I dumb? Did I not? Did I miss something? Would Heyman always have the title just chilling with him when Roman hasn't been there for a week? <sighs> Trash! <laughs> then that's really it because I got to be honest with you. Overall, SmackDown this week, you take out the King's Court, you take out the Viking Raiders and, and Shanky, Stanky, Stanky Leg, and, and Corbin and Mad Cat and, and, and Drew McIntyre or anything right now, that is an awesome show. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Yeah, Matt, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you think about it, but that's what I think. And I will be back on the mailbag with your Monday Night Raw official, unofficial WWE podcast, a crisis trash bucket list number five. So there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the crisis giving his trash list this week. Uh, I know it's SmackDown related, and that's my bad not putting it on the weekend review. Uh, it's, it's been a, just a whirlwind of a whirlwind of no sleep. I know I keep blaming it on that and it sounds just tired. No pun intended. It sounds like a tired excuse for, for just not bringing on co-hosts and, and forgetting things, but it is, it's a real thing right now. Um, with, with just, uh, sleepless, 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 sleepless. And I'm right now, as I speak, it's nine 45 at night. I am on borrowed time right now of getting this podcast done. So uh, let's move on. Crisis, thank you for your contributions. I apologize for not getting this in Sunday show. I understand it's SmackDown related, but I wanted to give you the time. You took the time to 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 record this and send it in. I'm giving you the time on air to uh, to vent it, and it's good stuff. So, all righty, let's continue on uh, with uh, with Monday Night Raw. And uh, where was I? Where was I? Let's get to back to CBS Sports. Kind of keeps me on on track. <clears throat> I really like this next one. Let's get to something really good. Randy Orton and Chad Gable. Now, the match itself was was good. I mean, what, what do you expect from a, an Olympic athlete and one of the best all-time in ring of Randy Orton? I mean, you're going to get 
just a smooth, butter smooth match. The RKO that Chad Gable took was just awesome. It was just awesome. Uh, it was like a spike RKO somehow looking done. Somehow it was done safely. Excellent. I mean, can we see? Maybe that should be like a GIF. Can we get a GIF of Chad Gable getting RKO'd from Monday night? Just great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, and what made it even more, to me, more intriguing, and this match is also happening next week. Boy, they have a stacked Monday Night Raw next week, don't they? My God. They have a almost a pay-per-view quality matchup um, or lineup. We're going to get Otis and Randy Orton next week on Monday Night Raw. What made it even more intriguing, though, Randy Orton tried three times to hit the RKO on, on, on Otis, also tried last week and failed. He's 0 for 4 on hitting an RKO on Otis. It's interesting. Very interesting to me that in his three attempts on Monday Night Raw, he didn't get to hit it once. I really appreciate when they don't just give away something that you really want to see, which does not happen in today's product of pro wrestling WWE. They often can't help themselves. In this case, they've really gone out of the way to protect Otis here, which makes me think that next week he may not still hit an RKO. And if he does, it's not going to end the match. Randy Orton is not going to pe- clean. Okay, let me let me start that again. Randy Orton is not going to cleanly pin Otis. I could have edited that out, but I'm giving you guys a little bit of entertainment as I stutter over my words. Um, but we, I, you know, look, Randy Orton is not going to pin Otis. Not going to happen next week. At least not clean. And they're they're you're going out of their way to protect him for a reason. Reasons we don't know yet know, but there's got to be something. And the RKO, the avoidance of the RKO, the uh, apparently he has, you know, the reverse button. If those of us that are video gamers, he's hit that reverse button just perfectly on each of the, the finishers. And it's just great stuff. <clears throat> I got to say, like, I enjoyed that because I'm like, I want to see what happens when Otis gets a finish hit on him, just like Omas. Omas has not yet had a finish hit on him, much less been taken off his feet, much less lose a match. So, I mean, when you don't, you're not even taking finishers. It's not that you're losing matches. You're not even taking finishes. You're not even leaving your feet. So I want to see what happens when our Randy Orton hits a RKO on Otis next week. Hopefully he does. Because I want to see it. Like I, I, I'm going to tune in to see it. Uh, D- Dolph Ziggler defeats Damian Priest via countout. And the finish came when Priest was distracted by Rude and forgot to pay attention to the count as he attacked Rude outside the ring. Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, I have nothing really to add to this. Damien was getting a bit of a push. They stopped it. Now they're kind of bringing it back. And Dolph Ziggler is getting a U.S. title match next week. Boy, they're stacking next week's Raw. And you know what? As much as I complain of the sanctity of championship matches and and really pay-per-view matches in general that are being given away left and right on free TV, I also understand the need for it when they're trying to spike ratings on a week that is typically way down. And the... The anticipation of the matches coming up over the next week, we get to speculate and think about what the possibilities are, and you know it's fun. It's fun. So uh, there's also that instead of just blind, like blindly going into raw like we do sometimes, of we have no idea what's going to happen, you know, and and until the show starts. So sometimes having a bit of a a, a, um, a preview of the show is good. Okay, Miz attacked Edge as we had the uh, cutting edge. With Maurice, this was kind of weird. This was weird. Uh, not good, not bad, just weird. Where we had Edge 
on his show. Boy, they love their shows, don't they? I mean, how many shows have they created over the talking host uh, talk shows have they created over the last 10 years? There's probably like 20 of them, I feel like. But we had Edge interview Maurice, who started to go on a therapy session of how awful the Miz is. He's narcissistic. I do everything. I get no credit for anything. It seems like their marriage is falling apart after what the Miz did with Maurice last week, using her as a human shield. And then Edge knows that this is a setup. He knows that this is nonsense from Maurice, that she's trying to make him vulnerable for an attack from Miz. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So Miz, who, which is exactly what Edge said would happen, Miz attacked Edge from behind still somehow. Edge fended off the initial attack, but Maurice slapped Edge, which provided a distraction just long enough for Miz to hit Edge with a skull-crushing finale. So, I mean, mission accomplished that it puts more heat on Miz, I guess, where you want to see Edge spear him out of his, you know, uh, out of his boots. But it was also set up very weirdly because this makes the babyface look a little foolish. And even Corey Graves said, it makes it worse when you know it's coming and you're still fooled. I'm glad they pointed that out. So I give Corey Graves credit for that. Because it does make Edge look stupid, right? Like, how does it not make, make Edge look stupid? He's the baby face. He's the, old, he's the grizzled veteran. And yet he's still fooled even though he knows it's coming? How does that work? I mean, that, that makes him look double stupid. So that wasn't good for Edge. Is it career damage? Is it damaging in any way? No, no. This, this segment will be forgotten next week. But it was in the moment. Like, what? What? Wait a minute, you're telling me what's going to happen, and you're thinking, okay, well, now that he said it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, and it still happens, and then he's fooled, and the segment still ends the way that you know he thought and he called was going to happen. It, it just was bizarre. And then, of course, you have the Miz or Maurice slap Edge, and in this PG world, you can't have the men ever retaliate, ever. The men are just supposed to cower at uh, any female in front of them and just kind of bow at their altar like, Yes, yes, your highness, you know, do whatever you'd like with me because I can't retaliate in this PG world. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I, I would uh, I know that a lot of you know, people out there. Oh, that's abuse. Oh, that's you know, that's what kind of message does that send to uh, to, to men out there? I, I'm not going to get on that political argument. OK, this is a fantasy world we live in. All right. This is this world is not it's not real. OK, and you could have edge retaliate. And this if this was TV 14. My God, Edge would have speared her out of her boots. And that would have been fun to see. I would have liked to. You can't tell me you wouldn't enjoy seeing Maurice get speared. You can do it in a safe way. Men and women have been, you know, conversing in pro wrestling for many, many, many decades. And there are occasional accidents, but there's they're professionals. So you do it in a safe way. So I, I don't know. It'll never, it'll never happen in this environment. I know Randy Orton is the one exception. He can RKO Beth Phoenix and RKO Nia Jax. That's really the only examples I have over the last, like, you know, 10 years. So it's just to me, anytime you see a woman slap or kick or do anything to a man, you know, they're just apparently there's just force field of um, of uh, just, I don't know, uh, shield. It's just this this shield of impossibility pops up and they're, you know, they're like, eh, I'm not, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to freeze in place. <laughs> so. All right, I'm sure I have some women mad at me for that, but I'm not. Again, I'm not advocating for any kind of actual abuse. If, you know, I'm sure somebody will interpret that that way. But when you realize that we're talking about pro wrestling, like a TV show, yeah, okay. 
Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, again, this this was not good for Edge. It did make him look a little bit dumb. Not going to lie. But it did not hurt this storyline in terms of its totality and ultimately what we want to see that I think we will see, which is Edge destroying the Miz at day one. And that's fine. Uh, eventually, Beth Phoenix, I think, will get involved as well because she's a woman. She'll be able to hit the other woman. So it's a very one-way street when it comes to that. So Beth Phoenix, I think, will come to the defense of her husband next week. That's my guess. And eventually, we get a tag team match. Okay. Uh, Maria Ripley defeats Queen Zelina after hitting Riptide. And boys, Queen Zelina is about as stereotypical as it gets when it comes to the queen or king gimmick, isn't it? Loyal subjects, the scepter, the accent. It doesn't get any more just on paper than this, does it? And I love Zelina Vega. But the only thing good about this for her is, number one, she's getting TV time. She's getting victories, except this week. And she has a little bit of a wrinkle where she's using her accent, flips into herself, gets mad at the crowd, and then flips back to the you know the British accent. That's about the only entertaining thing with this. Uh, and the good thing for her is, of course, TV time. So, uh, But Rhea Ripley beats Zelina with Riptide very convincingly. There's no hocus pocus in this one. So... Uh, let's see. Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan traded verbal barbs. That's how it was labeled here. And I'm actually trying to think before I get to the end here, um, because I'll, after we only have two more segments, was there were there no roll ups? Hang on, uh, I'm looking through all the finishes. Nope, never mind. Uh, there was a roll up in the Mysterio AJ Styles Omas. Ah, that would have been epic, right? They just made the quota. There has to be one roll-up at least. So never mind. I thought I came up, uh, upon an, an epiphany. Okay. So Becky and Liv trade verbal barbs. Morgan had attacked Lynch at a training session. And then Morgan vowed to start 2022 by becoming Raw Women's Champion. This was also weird. Again, not bad. Just weird, right? Like Becky says that she's going to go home and train. Well, number one, how does Liv know when? How does she know where? Like, I mean, there's so many things. And also when Liv gets to this facility that apparently Be- Becky Lynch owns, this private gym, which may or may not actually be the case. What, how do they know the people in the building who are apparently ready for Liv? How do they know when to put that a phony Becky Lynch in the ring so that Liv would think that's Becky? Did they see her pull up? Are there cameras along the road? Did they put a GPS tracker on her car? Here's where people are, oh, you're overthinking it. Well, that's kind of what we do here on the show, right? I mean, we, we dive into where logic is missing. So love it or hate it, that's what we do. And to me, though, like, oh, she knows she's going to show up. Becky knows Liv is going to show up. Liv shows up. And you see Liv in the ring behind this person with orange hair that looks like Becky Lynch. And for some unexplainable reason, Liv takes, you know, 10 minutes to actually attack this person, which ended up, of course, not being uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch then comes out of nowhere, presumably maybe hiding under the ring. I don't know. Behind her takes the kendo stick. And with, you know, a significant delay after she takes the hand, takes the kendo stick from Liv Morgan, there's like another long delay. And Liv doesn't immediately turn around. Why wouldn't you? Somebody just took your weapon. Why are you not immediately being like, whoa, what, what, whoa, whoa, who's this, right? Instead, there was this long delay. Eventually, Liv does get the upper hand. Becky, you know, 
uh, does get kicked out of her own ring. It was weird. It was weird. Uh, very weird. And, uh, you know, also claiming that she beat up the uh, trainee. It was one single shot with a kendo stick. <laughs> a single shot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this was weird. I, I don't know what to make of it. The, the promo from Liv Morgan was okay. I like her tone of voice. I like her speaking voice. She's got a very feminine but commanding voice, if that makes sense. There's something about the way Liv Morgan speaks and her the, her tone and her how deep her voice is, but it's not masculine. It's still feminine but commanding. I don't know how else to put it. And she speaks very clearly. I like the way Liv Morgan speaks, and she's got that just commanding presence to her as well. Albeit her content this week was... I mean, it's fine. You know, she says that she's going to start uh, the 2022 by becoming Raw Women's Champion. Uh, okay, like that's very high level, but give us the details, right? Like, have a good comeback. Show us your wit. There wasn't a whole lot of that here. And, you know, it, it was fine. Didn't hurt Liv. She's talking about the, the bright lights, and or Becky was, and how Liv is not going to be able to handle the heat. And Liv says, you know, the spotlight's on me right now, and I'm doing just fine. Why don't you come in this ring? And Liv tosses the kendo stick to Becky and Becky doesn't take it and just says she has a flight to catch and leaves. So fine. You know, I really didn't have an issue with this. They don't have to have a physical altercation every time. Uh, This this program is intriguing, I have to say. I don't dislike it. I think it's good. I like Liv Morgan. The crowd reaction to her was very positive. And this, overall, while I just criticized the the complete lack of logic with some of the... uh, attack at her compound or wherever she is in this training facility and with the complete lack of the logic there. The only thing I was missing was of course, waiting for cameras inside of the building to be pointing to Liv Morgan walking in the building. I was waiting for that, you know, um, but we didn't, we didn't actually get that, which was surprising, but this, well, this program overall is, is good. And I think that while I just nitpick some of the things, I think overall this has been a very productive storyline for Liv. Well, the most relevant thing easily she's ever done. And Becky's doing a good job elevating Liv too. So good overall for both. All right, let's get to the main event here and then we'll close it out. Of course, we had it was very quick. We got um, the tag team match of Biggie and Bobby Lashley defeating Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens via pinfall. And uh, this is this happened when Lashley hit Owens with a spear. But before the finish, Lashley accidentally hit Big E with a spear. After the three count, Rollins hit Lashley with a stomp before he and Owens continued their assault. After taking Big E out with the ring steps, Rollins helped Owens powerbomb Lashley on the ring apron before Owens held Lashley's face down on the ring steps, allowing Rollins to stomp Lashley's head onto the steel. Rollins and Owens shared a hug as the show went off the air. Here's the analysis. I'm only going to give you one of their uh, CBS Sports' analysis, uh, and I'm going to choose the main event. Here's what CBS Sports says uh, about this. There's nothing exciting about WWE seemingly needing to stick every opportunity or every upcoming opponent in can-they-coexist situations, but the writers can't seem to stop themselves from doing it. It's tired and almost always plays out the same way, with a misunderstanding or accident causing extra issues. All that said, the Rollins and Owens attack and celebration to close the show was a well-executed and carried enough brutality to make it feel like they accomplished something. If only they could have gotten there by traveling a road they hadn't gone down so often. They gave this, the uh, 
the, the main event is C. I understand that. And actually, the analysis here is, is nicely written where the writers do oftentimes rely on can they coexist? I mean, there was like week after week of this, a number, you know, I think Survivor Series when we were in that phase. Can they coexist? Can they coexist? Can they coexist? And it just did not stop. And you ultimately know the answer is inevitably no. Exactly what this analysis says. I agree. But the brutality was very, uh, it was was a little bit, it was graphic, it was good, and it brought it to that next level. So I enjoyed it. I think it was fine. And it was a a solid way to end Raw, if nothing else, especially given the time of year. So that is it for me, everybody. Thank you so much. We're crossing the hour mark here. I appreciate everybody for listening to the show. Go ad-free. Apple Podcasts, 99 cents a month. Patreon, a dollar a month. So yeah, we charge a penny more on Patreon. I know it's, it's just insane, right? So check us out there on Apple podcasts on the native app. You don't have to download anything extra or go, go on Patreon with a bunch of other benefits other than just ad free. So check us out. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back with the mailbag. Get your questions in to the mailbag at real at gmail.com or on uh, our Twitter at wrestling audio or on Instagram at WWE underscore podcast or send us a voicemail. You can send us a voicemail by calling our voicemail number or by sending us a voicemail on email. You can attach a voicemail to the email. So with all that said, thank you everybody for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases, so you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A. L-I, boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boosts health guide at vitaliboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I, boost.com. And right there, you'll find information p- from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, 
go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.